Welcome to Still Unbelievable, a podcast by Reason Press, where we examine religious claims, especially those made by Christians, and we regularly respond to items that are featured on the podcast, Unbelievable. We embrace dialogue, but as sceptical former believers, we will also criticise unfounded claims and unsupported beliefs. Welcome to another episode of Still Unbelievable. This time it's going to be a short episode. What we're doing is we're addressing a very short video of questions from the well-known and quite popular YouTube channel Capturing Christianity. And he's put up three questions for atheists. It's a short video, link in the show notes as always. It's about a minute long, so we'll play that out first and then Andrew and I will go through the three questions. But before we get to that, Welcome back to another show, Andrew. It's been a while since we've officially recorded together. How are you, sir? How's winter for you? Oh, well, um, winter uh, in this part of the United States is uh, is a if you don't like the weather, wait a minute experience. Right. So it can be uh, it can be mid 70s or low 80s one day and uh, and down in the high 40s or low 50s the next day. So uh it's a constant battle to see what's coming the next day. I actually quite like it. You know, it's it's holiday time here in the United States. And uh, I think everybody knows that my girlfriend and I, we have a, a new baby around the house, right? Relatively, we've got a toddler. It makes the holidays a, a wonderful time. Excellent. Christmas is fun with young children, actually, isn't it? The, the yeah. excitement is, is catching and it, it rolls off onto the adults. I think Christmas with just adults misses something, you know, Christmas is that much better with young children around. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and she's at the age now where she understands to some, to some extent what it's all about. She's looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it with her. Uh, for, the, for the atheists out there who wonder how we're handling the whole Santa Claus thing, this wasn't really supposed to be what we're talking about, but I'll go through it. Nope. <laughs> That's not one of the questions. No. Right, not one of the questions, but for the atheists out there who wonder, we're not promoting Santa Claus. Um, now, at some point, she'll learn what giving is about, and we actually think that giving is more healthy, more fun, more enjoyable when we realize that the things that we give each other come from each other come from deep inside us, they were carefully considered, and that we're giving them because we genuinely care for each other. This isn't a, a complaint about the, the Santa Claus, uh, uh, you know, the, the Santa Claus construct or what it might have to do with Christianity or anything like that. Uh, we genuinely like the idea of giving to each other and promoting the good values that come from that. And that's mm-hmm. how we're having Christmas. Yep. I remember Santa being an issue when I was a Christian and with some of the Christians that I knew and they became new parents. And the whole Santa question became quite problematic for several of us. Mm. You know, how, how do you answer it? How do you deal with it? What happens if they learn Santa's fake as an adult and that leads on to other things? It's it's a genuine concern that lots of Christians have to deal with. I'm, I was envious of those who it didn't bother. And the, the whole, all those problems around Christianity and uh, engaging in things that are clearly and obvious mythology, but pretending otherwise, all ceased to be a problem for me when I left Christianity. It made 
life in those moments less stressful and therefore by default more enjoyable and that's why i enjoy christmas more as somebody who is atheist me too uh it's santa claus i you know if you if you want your children to enjoy a, a fantasy about christmas i don't have a problem with that necessarily there's there's nothing wrong with make-believe there's, there's nothing wrong with make-believe in our everyday lives as long as we know it's make-believe so uh not objecting to santa claus um but we think there's real value in giving to each other and that the things we give each other ought to be meaningful uh, those meanings ought to be uh, clear and genuine. And so that's just how we're approaching the holidays. It's uh, not on a, you know, not on a soapbox about it. So. Yeah, right. So that's the uh, chit chat out of the way. Shall we get straight on to this video? Well, hopefully the audio works. So we'll play this video out. It is exactly one minute, so it's not going to take very long. So we'll play it through, as I said earlier, and then we'll address the questions. So here we go. So I've got three questions that I want to ask atheists, and these aren't gotcha questions. I'm like, I sincerely want to know, sincerely, sincerely want to know the answer to these questions. First question is, do you believe that God does not exist? So you kind of either have that belief or you don't. You either believe that God does not exist or you don't. If you answered yes, to that, then you're ready for the next question. The next question is, do you believe in evidentialism? Evidentialism is the view that your beliefs ought to be proportioned to the evidence. You shouldn't just believe something without evidence. Those are the first two questions. If you answered yes to both of those, if you have the belief that God does not exist, and you also believe in evidentialism, you're ready for the third question. The third question is, what is your evidence that justifies your belief God does not exist. Right, just apologies for some of the background noise during Cameron's video. If you actually go and watch the video, it looks like he's recording it on his phone and he's also recording it outside. So I think there's some wind in the trees in the background which is coming through. So that's why you had that that background fuzz that, there. That's yeah, just nature of that. I don't know what I can do about that. I'll see what I can do in terms of cleaning that up in post, but it's Cameron's recording, not mine. So it's, I don't think there's a lot I can do about that. So um, I'll just jump straight in then. The first bit that bothered me about this was a bit about he opened up with a caveat that they're not gotcha questions. And then he asked two questions which clearly led to a third question, which is the big question, which is the question that he's really interested in. So I always get very suspicious when somebody says, here are my, here are my questions, they're sincere questions, and they're not gotcha questions. It's a red flag for me. So just a suggestion out there to anybody regardless of what side you're on if you're going to do a video of questions like that don't lead with these not gotcha questions because that's straight away a red flag and it straight away puts people on the defensive looking for the gotcha and maybe Cameron was sincere in them not being gotcha questions to me they sound exactly like gotcha questions so straight off within those first few seconds I'm already suspicious and that those suspicions came to fruition. So that's my first problem with this video, but we're going to get to the questions. Thoughts, Andrew? Well, if they were gotcha questions, if, you know, if they were cleverly disguised gotcha questions and, and I was supposed to be gotten, they were so cleverly disguised that I don't feel gotten. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's where I am on, on the, 
on the gotcha questions, I uh, I felt like it was a uh, I felt like it was a clean miss. So, um, so what do you think about question one? I have a I have a particular answer. I think our listeners will be pretty familiar with uh, what the problem is behind this question because uh, atheism and agnosticism are not in opposition to each other, uh, depending on how you use those words. And I don't think the question is phrased neutrally, but if you want first bite, I'll, I'll happily give it to you. Uh, no, no, you go for it. You're Karen, you're talking, so don't let me interrupt you. Okay, well, so my atheism is the position that I have not yet been convinced that a God does exist. So do I believe that God does not exist is not the, if I said Yes, I believe God does not exist. That is different from me saying, yes, I am not convinced that God exists. One is, uh, one is a statement about an ontological property of the universe that is not, uh, that doesn't exist in the universe, God. The other is a statement about uh, not observing a universe that likely contains a God. As far as I know, God does not exist. And I feel a little bit like Isaac Asimov. I'm so convinced at this point that it's no longer worth my time to investigate. But that doesn't mean that I believe God does not exist. Stephen Hawking once said to David Letterman, God may very well exist, but the scientific record is complete. Mm -hmm. So that is where I am. I don't think that God exists as, as far as I can tell, but I'm not saying that there's no God hiding under a rock on the other side of the universe. On the other hand, uh, God's existence hasn't been adequately demonstrated to me in my everyday life, right? And whether he exists on a, under a rock on the other side of the universe or not doesn't impact me. That's where I am. What do you think about question yeah. one? My position is very firmly the question, do I believe there is a God? And the answer to that is emphatically no. But Cameron asked it differently. Do I believe there is no God? And I hesitate after that question because I need to parse what is meant by belief. And if people will go and listen to the conversation that we had over with those lovely chaps over at Answers in Reason, who I'm going to try to get back on again in 2022, and I've already reached out and I'm sure we'll be able to uh, I'm sure we'll be able to get them on again in 2022. But in the conversation that we had with them, we talked about this whole believing not and believing is. If I answer no to the question, do I believe there's an invisible pink unicorn in my garage? They said that that is effectively the same as saying I believe that there isn't one because the result in terms of how it impacts me is the same. So I take the same view with the question about God. I am absolutely fine with affirming no to the question, do I believe there is a God? But doing it differently, do I believe there is no God? And answering yes to that doesn't matter the hesitation in me answering that question. The answer is still effectively yes, because of the impact the two answers have on my life, which is zero. So from that perspective and philosophically, yes, I do believe there is no God, but I don't that doesn't change my life it has no impact on my life i live my life as, as if there is no god i live my life 
not caring about the existence of a God. I lived my life not really thinking much about how the non-existence of a God might uh, impact my life. So in terms of that particular point, it's I, the, the belief doesn't feature in my life. And I think this is where the belief conversation with Christians is difficult. Because in the Christian context of believing there is a God, that belief there is a God impacts their day-to-day life. It impacts their thinking. You know, everything they do and say and the, the worship that they have is all bared around the existence of that, the belief in the existence of that. And even rudimentary parts of their lives, their interactions with other people, they think, is this interaction a blessing to the existence of this God? And because belief to the Christian is so entwined in their mere existence, their day-to-day activities and how they think, that same translation comes over to my thinking when I answer the question, do I believe there is no God? Because belief in my mind is still so polluted by that Christian thinking about belief that if I answer yes to the question, do I believe there is no God? I think in my mind that that belief impacts all those things I do in my life. And it doesn't. It's a zero impact game. So I'm always hesitant to answer yes to that question for that very reason. It's a very personal, very deep and personal, almost traumatic coming out of my Christianity because I can't answer yes to that belief because of the impacts that Christianity has had on my psyche and my thinking. But that to one side, philosophically, my position is, yes, I believe there is no God, but it's not the Christian. um, uh, it's, It's not the Christian outliving of belief. Did I make that clear enough? Yes, and I, I have your your thoughts there provoked another another bit of my own thinking that I'll sketch very briefly. Christians want the uh, non Christians in the world, or at least many Christians want non Christians in the world to believe that God is is real and someone that you can have a personal relationship with, right? You um, you worship God, God answers in your life. Uh, there are uh, there are in fact outcomes that you get with God that you would not get without God that kind of thing. Well, I have real relationships in my life, and I know what to expect out of those relationships. We're raising a daughter right now, right? And under most circumstances, even under quite serious circumstances. I can predict very, very accurately what my girlfriend will say about our parenting, about how to take care of our daughter's health needs, about how to take care of her uh, her interpersonal connections, about what to feed her. Uh, The list goes on and on. Matthew, you're a parent, so you you know what the parenting list is and what the concerns are. Well, because we're raising her together, uh, we have talked about in great detail the kinds of things that we want for, how we intend to reach the goals that we have, that kind of thing. 
why am I convinced then that God, uh, if he exists, is not as real as my girlfriend? Hmm. And I just left the silence there because it's obvious. You would hope so, wouldn't you? Okay, all right, okay, maybe it's not, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't, uh, when when I sit down at night to talk with, with my girlfriend about how the day has gone, about whether we were able to do the things that we wanted to do, about what we plan to do tomorrow, about the things that we enjoyed about the day and the things that we'd like to do differently, we get to talk about those things openly uh, and and we talk and answer back and forth. Now, I'm not an atheist who was never a Christian, most of you know. Whatever you think your personal relationship is with God, if he's answering in your head, I never had that experience. I'm not saying that you don't, if you're listening and you think you do. Uh, but wait until the next show, because <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> there, there is something coming there, I promise, and you should listen to the next show we'll be talking about. Uh, we'll be answering uh, Braxton Hunter's uh, reply to us. So just watch out for what I have to say in the next episode. But if you want me to think that God is as real as the other people around me, then your God has to interact with me in ways that are just that real. Yes. Yes, quite. Um, just before you, sorry. <laughs> yes. So just to get back then, short answer to the question, because we've waffled for longer than the original video lasted. Short answer <laughs> to the question, do you believe there is no God? I believe that a God has not been adequately, uh, has not been adequately proven. That is actually my position and rephrasing the question doesn't rephrase my answer. And you heard it here first, Science. Andrew does not have the guts to answer the question honestly. And. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, oh, okay. Oh, wow, wow. Grit has come out in Matthew. Okay. All right. Um, so let me let me say this. Hang on, I said short answer. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer shortly. I think I think the Christian God is exactly as likely as leprechauns. Okay, I I poked the bear and the bear struck back. <laughs> so do you I, do you think the Christian God is less likely than leprechauns? Less likely, yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, it's in, that's interesting. That's okay. All right. So, look, uh, this is <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna answer Cameron's question with a yes because of the answer that I gave earlier. Yes, from the philosophical definition of belief. Yes, I believe that there is no God. Does that have any impact on my life? And is the impact on that discernible from Andrew's answer, not in the slightest. So I don't know how you could possibly tell the difference. The other critical thing is I have said and I will say and I will continue to say I will actively change my position once met with suitable evidence, which is going to take us straight on to question two. Mm -hmm. So question two, 
another strangely phrased question. I don't, again, I'm, I'm not really comfortable with the way this is phrased. It's not the way I would phrase it myself. I don't like the usage. Do you believe in evidentialism? Hmm. Um, under certain definitions of belief, I guess I do, but a requirement of, of evidentialism should be, <laughs> it, it should be actually part of how he set the question up, yeah. which is, uh, which is uh, evidentialism should be believed precisely to the degree that evidentialism works. Yeah. Right. So so our belief in evidentialism should be proportional to the degree to which evidentialism works. <laughs> so so uh, I would say that I believe in evidentialism to the extent that it works, which is quite a high degree, actually. But but that's how I would answer the question. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. You know, I hold a belief that something exists when the appropriate evidence for that thing existing is presented. And without that evidence existing, I am not in a position to be able to hold the belief that X exists evidentially. Mm -hmm. I could have other reasons for it believing. So let's pick something obscure. Let's go planet X. There are scientists that have suggested that there are orbital perturbances in objects that are orbiting our sun which are beyond the orbit of Pluto, which suggests that there could be a large planet, currently dubbed Planet X, orbiting the sun a significant distance away, but being quite large. So that is the suggestion. Do I believe Planet X exists? I'm not sure I do, but I don't believe it doesn't exist. I'm sitting in the position where this is what the scientists have said, okay, I'm going to believe them when they say that their data is consistent with a planet of that size existing. OK, I'm just going to believe it because it's their job to study that. So I'm going to believe it on face value because they've said it. That doesn't necessarily mean I believe Planet X. I want Planet X to exist. I think Planet X existing would be very cool. And I really want people to find the definitive answer, yes or no, because whichever way the answer goes, it's a scientific step of progress. So I want the answer to the question. I'm very prepared to believe that Planet X exists, but I don't believe Planet X exists to the same extent that I believe Pluto exists, because I'm very confident in the existence of Pluto, because I've seen photos of it, and I believe all the scientists that have observed it, and I believe all the scientists that have drawn planetary maps, I mean orbital maps of it. So I believe Pluto exists. My desires towards the existence of Planet X are not as strong, but I want it to exist. So you could say technically, yes, I believe Planet X exists, but it's only tentative on the say-so of what people have said. So it goes the same to anything else, to leprechauns, as you said earlier, to invisible pink unicorns, as I said earlier, to gods or any other supernatural creature that people want to think of. If people want to say that that thing exists, I need a level of evidence that's greater than the evidence for Planet X, but it doesn't have to be as great as the evidence for Pluto. But it needs to be substantial enough that I can accept it as realistically first, 
and then I can hold the belief of it. But I need the evidence to believe that it exists. I don't need the evidence to believe that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So you used Planet X and it's interesting how well our thoughts are going to dovetail here. I actually went out and um, I was thinking about SI units. So uh, most of the listeners will be familiar with uh, with base units. SI units are uh, units of measure for things like seconds, kilograms, meters, amperes, candle power. And SI units are based on physical constants uh, about our universe. It's a way of measuring a particular amount of, of any substance. Uh, seconds are derived from a physical constant. That was actually quite a tricky one, as was kilograms. Kilograms was not always a measure of a physical constant it is today. But for a long time, the international body responsible for maintaining uh, SI units had this, this block that weighed a kilogram. And we actually carried this thing around the world to calibrate very sensitive equipment. But we noticed over time that uh, that actually this kilogram of this, uh, whatever substance the kilogram was, was getting lighter because even in a perfectly controlled environment, it was losing particles of its own mass, right? So we had to find a way to tie the mass of objects to a physical constant. And we've done that and Listeners, you can you can look it up. You can look up uh, SI units and kilogram at Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo or whatever you prefer, uh, and and you can read that story. But I I accept. So so do I believe in SI units? That's where I was going. Do I believe in SI units? Well, to the extent that SI units are based on physical constants. And to the extent that those physical constants are reproducible, I believe in the evidence for those physical constants and I can make decisions about uh, about my life based on those things. How well can I light a room? Uh, how much does, does my car weigh mass? Um, how long will I sleep tonight? Do, you know, if I want to sleep eight hours, how do I get that done? Uh, second, and, and how do I plan my schedule to get eight hours to sleep, that kind of thing. Um, so could there be something um, that would cause me to not believe in those things? Well, evidentially, I guess there could be. Um, but I am a materialist and part of my worldview, not materialist as in Madonna's uh, I'm a material girl <laughs> kind of thing, right? Uh, but I am a materialist. I have in, yet to see that photo of you in the miniskirt. Uh, well, I, I assure you that, that if I send it to you, we won't podcast over it. And if we do, it won't be flattering. <laughs> so, so <laughs> nobody wants to sing in a miniskirt. That's all I'm, that's, that's all I'm, including me, <laughs> by the way. So, so um, part of my worldview has to do with reproducibility. And evidentialism, though I think it was poorly phrased in this question, evidentialism has to do with reproducibility at some level, at least to the extent that 
I understand the word evidentialism in my worldview, at least at least the extent that I understand it from the material perspective. And if you mean evidentialism in some other way, I, I don't know what it is. Um, and this is going to lead necessarily to, to question number three, because I think there's a terrible misunderstanding lurking in question number two that is going to get revealed in question number three. Yeah. So are we ready for question number three then? I think so. Right. So question number three. Okay, Andrew, let's have it out. What is your evidence for your belief that there is no God? So right away, this is where problems should come up in everyone's thinking. Evidentialism uh, holds that there should be evidence for anything. Now, that's that's one side of evidentialism. But what should that necessarily bring up for anyone carefully thinking about evidentialism? Well, it should bring up that there are at least two more positions. What is that? Contrary evidence, evidence that some evidence that we would expect that we don't have. And so that would be a a, a disconfirmation of a thing, right? Um, we have evidence that something uh, doesn't exist. And I said something like this a minute ago, right? I, I think the Christian God is exactly as likely as leprechauns. Okay. But there's also a third position, which is neutrality based on the evidence. So I think this question was sort of dishonestly phrased. What is your evidence that God does not exist? There's one more problem. And that is a shifting of the burden of proof. It is the notion right here that it is a non-believer's responsibility to demonstrate that a proposition is not true. Now, I'm not a big fan of, of burden of proof arguments. Oh, well, you said a thing, so you've got to prove it, and I don't have any response. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. No, I was in the past. Right. And so if you listen to Ask an Atheist Anything, you've heard me, listeners, you've you've heard me approach conversations that way. I've changed. I try to do better now. OK, but having said that. I do think that there's a burden of proof issue wrapped up in this question, and here's why. If Cameron could answer that there is a God who is as real as my girlfriend helping me parent my two-year-old. He wouldn't be asking me for my evidence that God does not exist. He would simply say, let me give you this street address and you can go visit the throne room of God. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. But what is my evidence that God does not exist? Well, here it is. I'll, I'll give you one piece really quick. Try praying to God and being honest about the hits and misses. Mm -hmm. There you go. Wouldn't go a lot further. Yeah. But I don't think we need, look, we, every time we've looked for God and we thought God was in the very big, he's not there. Christians had to move God outside of, Jesus ascended in Acts chapter one, supposedly. 
But when we were able to look into the cosmos, we discovered there's no God hiding out in the cosmos. So we quit looking there, and all of a sudden God was in the very small. But we look, and all we find is natural explanation. Yeah. So today, God is a non-material, non-corporeal, external agent outside the universe. Now, all the evidence that I have inside the universe says that God does not exist. And in fact, Christians deliberately moved God outside the universe because we couldn't find him here. And now you want to ask me, seriously, what my evidence for God not existing is? Well, as far as I can tell, there's no such thing as a non-material, non-corporeal, non-temporal agent who can do things. Sorry, I had some energy around that. (laughs) Yes, quite. Um, Yeah. I look very dimly on this sort of question. I've seen it an awful lot in my years post-Christianity. And I've seen it asked an awful lot of times by Christians with a lot more glee in their eyes than Cameron had in the video that uh, he asked this. And I see Christians asking it as though it is a gotcha. I am genuinely sick of the way Christians approach this question because I am because it's it's come across and it's happened and it's been presented so many times in so many different ways it's genuinely tedious and it should be addressed and that's why we're addressing it here it is a complete gotcha and it is a complete and utter betrayal of honesty to ask this question in this way and and i mean that in all sincerity because of my past experience with this kind of question and the Christians that ask it. And if Cameron is being genuine and sincere in this and he takes offence at what I've just said, then I apologise. But at the same time, Cameron has a very popular Christian channel and I subscribe to it and he opens it pretty much every episode with the phrase exposing the intellectual side of Christianity. And if this is what the intellectual side of Christianity ends up as, then I have very little to say about the intellectual side of Christianity because it's poor. It's genuinely really rather poor. Mm. So what is my evidence that there is no God? Well, I answer this two ways. Uh, The first, the very short way is my evidence that there is no God is the lack of evidence for there being a God. If you can't present the evidence for something existing which you claim exists, I will take that as evidence that it doesn't exist or as evidence that you're lying. Either way, it may as well not exist. Bye bye. Thank you. I'll wash my hands and walk away. But the other is the things you said, and it's much more complex and it's much more long winded. Humans have a history of creating gods. Humans have a history of inventing all sorts of things. Humans have a history of worshipping all sorts of things. And that is embedded into the structure of human history in terms of ancient societies and not so ancient societies. It is there. It is everywhere. It is all around us. And it's not much of a leap to believe that this is yet another one of man's invented creations. 
And going on beyond that, the whole answer to the second question of evidentialism and evidential being is in to accept the proposal that something exists or an effect is real. There needs to be evidence to suggest it. And until that happens, the state of accepting or believing that it's not true is correct. And that is a position also that I take with God. So not only do I believe there is no God because everybody has failed to present any evidence, therefore it's evidence that God doesn't exist. I also believe there is no God because that is a reasonable and natural place to be until convinced otherwise. And that is why way back in question one, I said, I behave in my life as though there isn't a God because it has no effect on my life. And whether I believe there is no God or whether I'm, I couldn't care less, there is no God. In terms of the effect that it has on my life, you can't tell the difference. So what's the point in trying to distinguish between the two? There is no evidence that God has an impact on my life. There is no evidence that my worshipping a god is going to have any impact on my life i don't accept that so if you want me to believe that there is a god let's talk very seriously about how we can validate the existence of a god through something that is repeatable and empirical and if you can't do that then i am justified in believing that your claims of a god are not real and your failure to meet that is going to be taken as evidence that there is no God, and as such, I will believe that there is no God. Loud cheers. I, can we have one more round on this before we before we close? Yeah, go for it. Go okay. for it. I, I I'm losing this. patience with it, but by all means, go for it. <laughs> well, I, I want to clean up a possible misunderstanding that I left earlier. So I talked about prayer and counting hits and counting misses and being honest about it, right? Okay, so I, I want to be very, I want, I want to go back to that and lay that groundwork slightly better. So when I say pray and count the hits and misses and be honest about it, that necessarily requires that when you pray, you ask for something specific enough so that you can count an answer as a hit or a miss. So if you pray for a red Corvette and you get a Ford Explorer, that is not a hit. Now, some Christians have the notion that God, that, that you can't test God. Don't test the Lord your God. Okay. What I am telling you with my modern sensibility, and if you don't accept my modern sensibility, I simply don't care. I don't care. But if you have a God that cannot be tested, you have a belief that cannot be falsified. And that problem lies with you and not with me. Yep, I'll cheer back on that one. That's a very valid point, a very good point. We should all strive to ensure that our beliefs are framed in such a way that if we are wrong, there will be a way of finding out and correcting that belief into the right direction. Thank you for letting me do that. Uh, it, it, I think they're clearing up. Uh, hopefully it wasn't a waste of time. Yeah, cool.
thank you guys. We did our usual and talked for way longer than was necessary, but we hope that clarified that question. Hope it clarified why these questions are problematic. I hope it clarified why we are suspicious of questions like this. By all means, send us feedback. We don't care what your opinion is. Just send us the feedback. It proves that people listen to us and we can then clarify anything, get you on the show and we can talk about it further. But that's our position on that. Until the next episode, good night. You have been listening to a podcast from Rest. Do you have any thoughts on what you've just heard? Do you have a topic that you would like us to cover? Please send all feedback to reasonpress at gmail.com. You might even appear on an episode. Our theme music was written for us by Holly. To hear more of her music, see the links in our show notes.